Please join me for prayer. Oh God, take our words that we speak this morning and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our will and set them on fire for love of your Son in whose name we pray. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Christ the King this morning. A little bit different format this morning and we'll get to the differences in just a moment. Uh, We're going to hear some testimonies from members of our church and I think you'll see why it's an appropriate Sunday to do this. Not only in that it is uh, the conclusion of our program year, but for the purposes of this passage as well, it's good to hear how the kingdom of God grows in one another's lives. But before we get to some of those testimonies, just three quick observations from this passage that we heard, this parable that we just heard preached or heard read. The growth of the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus often uses agricultural images to describe how God's kingdom grows, uh, how his church grows, or I think we could certainly say how God's kingdom grows in our own lives. Three observations, three correlations between agricultural image and the growth of the kingdom in our own lives. Very quickly, first of all, the beginning of the kingdom of God is small and unimpressive in the same way that a seed is a very small and unimpressive beginning of a tree. Now think of that, just a little, little seed. That we're told that the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds around. And from this little tiny mustard seed goes into the ground, but all the energy, all the life of what will one day be a tree is hidden, packed away in that little unimpressive seed. And the same thing is true of the kingdom of God. Just imagine with me in your mind's eye if you were to observe the ministry of Jesus in the years uh, in the years of his public ministry, what would you see? You would not see anything that struck you as that impressive. You would see an itinerant preacher who had, we're told, no place to lay his home, surrounded by 12, uh, a group of 12 ragtag uh, fishermen who would become his disciples. Certainly some remarkable displays of God's kindness and grace. But you would be left with the impression, just like that seed, wouldn't you? Not not a whole lot. That is the kingdom of God, you may be tempted to ask. I think the same thing is true for those of us who are on this journey, this pilgrimage of trusting in Christ and following him. For some of us, when we think that time when we decided to follow the Lord, it may not have been accompanied with a remarkable and dramatic event. We may have come to a Sunday just like this Sunday and come into church and said, yes, opened ourselves to the love of God present in Jesus Christ and walked out the church without thinking, huh, a whole lot does not appear to be objectively different. There is no lightning uh, strikes from, no roll of thunder from heaven, no visible sign. We may come out thinking, huh, that was a small and kind of unremarkable event. It has a small beginning. The kingdom of God begins small, just in the same way. A a tree begins from a very small seed. So that's the first observation, the smallness of the beginnings of the kingdom of God. Second, the gradualness of its growth. Have you ever tried to watch a tree grow? I have not. Watching a tree grow would be as exciting. It would grow at a pace that would make watching water boil exciting. Trees grow very, very slowly. 
A tree's growth is not measured in days, it's not measured in weeks, months. It's even difficult to measure a tree's growth in years. A tree grows, a measurement of a tree's growth is only discernible in decades. There is a gradualness to the growth of the kingdom of God, just like there is a gradualness to the growth of a tree. And that slow growth occurs throughout God's people in your own lives as we open ourselves to the goodness of God, as we come together in worship, as we open, open the scriptures on a daily basis. We may not feel it. We may not be, it may feel like watching a pot boil or watching water boil or watching a tree grow, but because there's a gradualness to the growth of the kingdom of God, a gradualness to the growth of his church and the gradualness to the growth of his presence in your life. Third observation, Starts small, grows slowly, but it grows inevitably. The kingdom of God grows inevitably. Or a third observation. I'm sure you've seen these, uh, you've been walking along a sidewalk and have seen uh, a root that has displaced a, a, a portion of the sidewalk in its search for water and nutrients. Or you've seen a, a wall, concrete wall, cracked as a root or a vine winds its way up. See, there's an inevitability, a relentlessness to, uh, to the growth of a tree. And the same is true for the growth of the kingdom of God. There is something relentless, undeniable about the growth of God's kingdom. I spent the past two weeks up at a Catholic University. It's a university up in North, uh, North D.C. It's worth a field trip if you've not been. On the campus, there is, I think, the largest church in North America. It's called a basilica. I'm not sure what makes it a basilica and not a church, but it's absolutely enormous. Mosaics, stained glass windows. Now, the size of the building and its ornateness is not important, but it is important only as a symbol of the inevitable and the inexorable growth of what was at one time just a little seed, just a little itinerant, or not a little, just began as an itinerant preacher with 12 fishermen surrounded, is now a worldwide faith. It is celebrated amongst the world's most beautiful buildings. You see there's an inevitability to the growth of the kingdom of God. And the same thing is not just true of the worldwide church, but it's true for you too. If you are following Jesus, if you're open to his love, there's an inevitability, and you may not be able to see it year by year. But God's kingdom is at work in your life. This Sunday, I thought it would be appropriate for us to hear about how God's kingdom grows in each one of us. So we're going to hear from a couple of people. We're going to hear a little bit of how the seed, remember that image of a seed planted. We're going to hear about some seeds being planted, and then we're going to hear a little bit uh, from about how that seed has grown into maturation. So, Megan, you want to come forward and call some of your friends forward as well? Well, I think most of you know my friends, Ashley Hurst and Claire Pantuck, because this church has been their church home their entire lives. So I actually met both of them when they were toddlers. Um, so their faith obviously has grown since that time. And we sat down last week after... Um, 
church, and we just talked about what it means for them to follow Christ. And what we're going to do now is kind of replay that conversation, since we've practiced once, with some of the questions that they came up with. So we're going to start with just hearing about one of their memories from church, which is really one of their memories from their entire lives. And that's nine years for Claire. It's her birthday today. One of my memories from church was mostly around the Christmas season when I get to share with my friends and with the church the, well, the birth of Christ when, during Christmas. So that's my favorite memory. And I think they've both been in the Christmas pageant every year, every single year. All right, Claire, what's one of your favorite memories from church? Mm, One of my favorite memories um, was the sermon about getting out of the boat. Raise your hand if you were here for that. That was just a few weeks ago, I feel like. Um, One of the questions that the girls came up with was what their favorite Bible verse is. So, Claire, you have to go first this time. Um, My favorite Bible verse is... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Galatians 5.22, because I went to my my grandparents' house, and they did lots of fun things with it. That's such a good one for the rest of your life to know and to grow. So, Ashley, your turn. My favorite Bible verse is John 3.16, because I I love how it shows that God loved us so much that he sent down Jesus to die for our sins and that if we believe in him, we would be able to have eternal life with them. Thanks, girls. You know, one of the questions that I asked um, the girls as we were talking was just, what does it mean to have a group of Christian friends? And we realized something for Ashley that Do you have friends that are not walking with Jesus, really? Not a lot of my friends are not Christians. So that was a really hard question when you have such a great group of solid friends. Claire, what does it mean to you to have a group of Christian friends? Um, It means to me that you don't have to be, like, afraid to tell them anything. And they'll always be there to, like, support you. And now, as we're talking about faith like a mustard seed, one of the things that we talked about were those little things in our lives that help us to follow Christ. And Megan and Brad and Stacy and Brad have been clearly doing a great job because their kids had those things, and those are the things that they've known their whole lives. So, Ashley, what are some of the little things in your family that help you to follow Christ? Well... My parents have brought brought me a lot of devotional books that sometimes I read that helps me dig deeper into the ideas of people and Bible stories, and that's also where I get my faith. Also, we recently started doing devotionals as a family, which helps, and yeah. That's awesome. Claire, what about you? Um, so at... Every time for lunch at school, I always pray. And also, I like to do the action Bible. 
I don't know if you could hear the last thing she said, the Action Bible, which is fantastic. It has been such a joy to get to know not just these two girls, but all of your kids and get to know them over the years and see how their faith has grown. And Ashley and Claire, thank you so much. You guys, it is a big thing for kids to stand up here. And we are so thankful for you and for your faith and for your willingness to share. Thank you. Let's keep in mind that image of a little seed planted. Now we're going to hear from someone a little bit older uh, how that seed has uh, ripened over the years. Thank you, Bob, for being willing to share with us this morning. That is a tough act to follow. So when David asked me to speak this morning, he thought that my journey with Christ was similar to the passage from Mark, and I can't say that I disagree. I could say that my seed was planted as a child by my parents. We went to church as a family, but then as a teenager, my mother and my sister stopped going. I was baptized and confirmed in a Methodist church in Kensington, Maryland. I grew up knowing that my great-grandfather, John Patterson, was a Methodist minister in New England, and that his daughter, my my, uh, great-aunt Edith, had written two books of of Bible Bible stories, and she even wrote a book about growing up in a parsonage, which I gave to you. I remember her saying one, one time when she was visiting, it's a little bit different now, she said, my father told me every Sunday, Edith, one does not skip on the Sabbath. I can't imagine that going over real well right now. So, but then church was just something that we just did. I don't think it had any particular meaning. It was more just, a, you know, something that you did on Sunday morning. So the seed was planted, but in my life, it lay fallow for many years. As David said, sometimes days, weeks, watching a tree grow, years. In my case, it was probably decades. I would go to Christmas service, primarily because I liked the music, and I'd have to say that probably in hindsight I would say that God had his hand on my shoulder, but he didn't have it in my heart. But that changed in 1991 when I was 39 years old. I have an identical twin, uh, so you can imagine there's a much stronger bond between brothers, between twins, and there's between regular brothers. And he was a major in the Army. He was a tank officer. And so on the 6th of August, 1991, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Well, on the 7th of August, my brothers, the 24th Mechanized Division, got deployed. Now, he's a tank officer. He's executive officer of a tank battalion. He's going to war. Now, it was okay him being an Army officer, but I don't think I ever had to contemplate the fact that he would get killed or get wounded. So... On the 11th of August of that week, of that year, on the CBS Evening News, I saw my brother, who looks exactly like me, saluting a very short gentleman, and that was the last time I saw him. Last time I heard from him, didn't know what was going to happen. So what do I do? Well, I turned to the church. A block away from my office is St. John's Church. Every day at noon, they would have the Eucharist. So they would ring the bell, and I guess it called to me. Now, I'd never really been exposed to the Anglican communion. I'd never really exposed to, to Anglican service. In the Methodist, you know, I think I took communion once or twice. It was paper cups. It was passed down the pews, but it was, there was no liturgy really attached to it. And I guess that was when I first embraced the beauty 
of our liturgy and how, you know, it really started to touch me. Well, you can imagine, you know, I, in hindsight, I can see that there was a path here. So I started attending church. Subsequent to that, I meet my wife, Leanne. Well, she goes to Falls Church, and I started to attend with her. So there's a path from St. John's, never been to Episcopal Church, Anglican, to the Falls Church. Well, a year later, subsequent to that, we were married by John Yates, and we attended that church for about a decade. Now, I'd have to say that was the first great pastor that I ever heard preach. Talk the gospel the way it should be taught. Now, this is the second great pastor. <laughs> so, for the first time, life, church had meaning, and I began to feel closer to God. First, I'd never been exposed to a confession of sin. You know, I don't, they don't do that in the Methodist church. So, well, my prayers were answered, and brother returned safely. So, now, ten years later, our friends, the Edwards, told us about Christ the King, seated from the Falls Church, which was just starting up, and it was significantly closer to home. It's 15 minutes versus 45, so that has a lot going for it. So, every Sunday from David, I learned more and more about Jesus and God and how they work in my life. And my seed was definitely being harvested. Well, my next chapter was when David said, you know, Bob, I think you might like being a lem, a lay Eucharist minister. I think you'd like serving the communion. Well, I gotta tell you, every time, I don't know if you ever noticed it, but every time I deliver the host or the wine, sometimes I'm crying. And I have to say that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. It really touches my heart when I, when I do communion. Um, so, my next step in my walk with Christ is that, and I'm in process of applying to be a deacon in this church. So I hope that I can serve my Savior Jesus and this church better, and now I understand grace, because we don't take the ride with Christ, he takes us. So I want to finish with my favorite Bible verse, which is Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you. I just think it's good every once in a while to hear from one another. Hear you hear stories of how the seeds are being planted, and those seeds are uh, sometimes they lie quiet for a while, don't they? And sometimes through life and circumstances, you just feel this little tug on your heart. And maybe God's tugging on your heart now, calling you to Him, and that seed begins to grow. So thank you to all of uh, our young people who shared this morning, thank you to Bob for sharing about how the seed is planted and how the seed grows. And it's true for each one of you, each one of us who have looked to Christ. There's a seed planted, planted small, growing gradually, but growing inevitably.